Welcome to the Shell Harbour Salvation Army podcast. If you are ever in Shell Harbour, come and worship with us 10am Sundays. Check out shellharboursalvos.com or our Facebook page for more info. Text from Jess saying, the boys are asleep, preach now. <laughs> so I will. Every school holidays as I was growing up involved uh, mum putting my brother and sister and I in the back seat of the Mazda and driving down from Sydney down the mountain into Wollongong up the ferry meadow to visit my grandparents Bob and Betty and I remember their thick shag carpets left over from the 70s I think they even had a waterbed which is very mysterious <laughs> I remember they always served ginger beer and to this day, when I drink ginger beer, I'm taken back there. But above all, I remember my granddad's prayer voice. Granddad had a normal human man's speaking voice, and that's the voice we heard most of the time. But uh, every visit, we'd get called to the table for lunch, and he'd say, all right, kids, sit up, hands together, close your eyes, it's time to say grace. And then suddenly, his voice would take a two-octave drop, and he'd say, Bless this food to our bodies and our bodies to thy service. Amen. All right, let's eat and we'll get back into it. And I never understood why he had this incredibly deep prayer voice. I thought it was just one of those things that old men did. I thought they shake your hand incredibly firmly. Um, you don't get as many firm handshakes anymore. I think that's dying out. It's very sad. They slick their hair back with burl cream. That used to happen a lot. And they have super deep prayer voices. I thought it was just a strange thing for many years until I started to pray. And I started asking myself, wait a minute, what, what voice am I meant to use? <laughs> Is the tone of my voice conveying proper reverence to God? And then I think, what word should I use? Am I sounding spiritual enough? Do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? And then I think, how long should I pray? I mean, I feel like I've only got a sentence in me, but that doesn't seem right, does it? That seems lazy. I should at least stretch it out to a few paragraphs. And that was just public prayer. Private prayer was just as difficult, if not more difficult. I might pray for a couple of minutes and think, I've prayed for five things for myself. That's a little bit greedy. Maybe I should pray for someone else in there. I was, oh, and, and bless mum and dad too and think, all right, I've balanced things out. That's a bit less self-centered. And that was only when I'd managed to pray. Other times I would sit down and uh, prepare to pray. And then five minutes later, realize that I just spent the whole time thinking about football or what I was going to have for lunch and I hadn't even got started. And I'd think, geez, how bad am I? That I can't even pray for a second. I can't even get started. Now, I don't think it's a big stretch to say that we all sometimes have these kind of problems. We all sometimes have these frustrating conversations with God. And when you have enough frustrating conversations with anyone, you start to avoid them. If you've got a lady at work named Doris, and it's always hard work talking to Doris... You can never really seem to connect with Doris and lunchtime comes and you realize you've only got 20 minutes and you've been really flat out and you really need a break. Well, then you don't sit down with Doris. You avoid Doris. It's the same with prayer and with God. When you're having frustrating conversations with God, it's hard work talking to God. You can't connect with God. Well, then you don't sit down with God. You avoid 
prayer. You might unconsciously make a decision, but before you know it, you've gone six months and you've hardly prayed at all. It's a very easy thing to do. And then when you get to that point, you just kind of feel guilty. Because if you've spent five minutes in the church, you'll hear about the importance of prayer. Anyone who's done anything for the kingdom will say, prayer was at the center of my life. From Sunday school to home league, you're going to hear about how important it is to pray. So what's the solution here? What's the uh, ingredients, what's the uh, weapon that can change prayer from a frustrating conversation to what it's meant to be? And what it's meant to be is something really valuable to us, something that we consider indispensable in our life. How do we take prayer from something that's frustrating to something that's powerful? We're going to look in our Bibles. If you want to open up your ones on the core Bible, it's page 960. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Now Luke tells a similar uh, story and he prefaces it by saying, the disciples went to Jesus and said, how do we pray? They too had the question, how do we pray? So immediately, if you're feeling like you're struggling with prayer, alleviate yourself of some guilt because the disciples who walked around with Jesus weren't entirely sure how to pray. And Jesus said this, he said, we're going to start at verse 5 in chapter 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. And when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. The father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So Jesus is saying, don't be concerned with what kind of voice you're using or saying spiritual words. God is not interested in that. And if that's your focus, you're going to have a real frustrating conversation with Him. And don't be thinking about saying the right things in the right order and ticking the right boxes. Some people do that and think that if they just get the formula right, then God will listen. That's not what God cares about. And if you're focused on that, you're going to have a real frustrating conversation. And he says, look, especially don't be bothered about the length of your prayer. Don't think, oh, if I pray for long enough, if I pray for four hours, God will say, well, he's put in a big effort. Because that's what the pagans are doing. They think they'll be rewarded for their commitment. But that's not what God's doing. And if you pray for a long time, thinking that's going to lead to a better prayer, then you're going to turn out really, really, really frustrated. Just praying for the sake of it. Really frustrating. Instead, Jesus says, forget about all that stuff. Shut the door on it. Just shut it out. Close your eyes. Focus on God and be honest with Him. Find that thing deep within you. That thing that you might feel the need to shut away, bring it out and tell it to God. Be honest with Him. He says in that last verse, God knows everything about you. 
He knows what you need. So why bother with all this other stuff? Just get to the point. Be honest with him. Be honest with him. And when you do, uh, prayer changes. Everything changes. For a start, you kind of start to like praying. You feel the need to have it in your life because if anyone here has got a friend who they can be completely honest with, they can sit down with over coffee and just say anything, the good, the bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter, they don't have to have a filter, they can just say it. Those people become incredibly valuable to us. And we do that in prayer, prayer becomes incredibly valuable to us. But it doesn't stop there. I had a friend named Mark we became friends, I think we were 12 or 13. And we grew up through our teenage years together, we discovered new things together, or uh, uh, really uh, experienced a lot together. But in his late teens, he developed mental health issues and started taking uh, drugs and that made things worse. And by his mid-20s, he was found dead in his little flat. It was a, a harrowing thing, devastating. But I didn't really grieve. I kind of took on the role of the person who had it together and helped other people. So I spent a lot of time preparing the funeral and I um, uh, volunteered to go to his house, his little flat, and clean it up. And I remember trying to ignore the blood stains on the carpet in the middle of the room where he died. And then we had the funeral and everyone kind of started moving on, but I just didn't grieve. And this went on for years and years, really. And I got to the point where I kind of felt like I was an angrier person. My relationships weren't as good. I wasn't as interested in doing certain things. I kind of, you know, felt a bit down a lot of the time. But still, I didn't grieve. (laughs) And one day, I was at home alone, and I sat down and started playing the piano. And for no reason at all, I just stopped and said, God, I'm so sad that my friend is gone. I don't really know what to do about that fact. And in that moment, it felt like God's hand reached into my chest and he wrapped his fingers around my grief and my trauma and all the anxiety that had come along with it. And he just wrenched it out. And I felt this tremendous sense of relief. I don't think I've ever felt so much relief in all my life. It was like this spiritual tumor had been removed from me. And the thing was that, you know, I, I'd been praying all that time. Really articulate prayers. Prayers that had people going, yeah, wow, good. But until there was honesty in my prayer, my prayers had no power. They were weak. God had been waiting for me to be honest with him. Well, what honest prayer is God waiting for you to pray to Him today? Maybe you've experienced a miscarriage in your life. And for a long time, you've been thinking, why was I robbed of that child? Maybe you're struggling with being single. And you're thinking, you know, I kind of feel like less of a person because it's just me. Maybe 
uh, there's kind of a haze of sadness around your life and you feel like, I don't know why I feel down all the time. Maybe there's a sin in your life and it keeps coming back to your head and you try and bury it and it keeps coming back and you think, this sin, I'm, I'm sick of carrying it around. I'm sick of it being a secret kept inside of me. Maybe your life is going fantastic at the moment and you feel like you really want to thank somebody. Maybe you have lost someone, someone who meant something to you. And, you know, you might have grieved a little, but you kind of feel like it's still really hurting you. It's still really hurting you. Maybe you're getting angry a lot and you don't really know why. all of us have some kind of spiritual tumor inside us whether you've never prayed before you've been praying for 80 years it's always a good idea to pray an honest prayer but do it today pray an honest prayer it's a good thing to do god loves you and he's sitting there and he's waiting he's saying i wish that person would pray to me right now he wants to work in your life Be honest with it.